Dave, if you want to go ahead and come on up and get set up here, I'll get out of your way. Um, gosh, there's so much I could say uh, about Pastor Dave. I won't say too much. Just a longtime friend and mentor of mine. I look up to Dave. I want to grow up to be Dave. Um, <laughs> I, I say that honestly. Like, I know I'm kind of being silly, but like, I say that honestly. I just, I, I do. I do. Yeah. No, I really love this guy. And so, you know, just as we were praying last, last summer, like, Lord, what are things going to look like as we move into the new year, into 2022? And several of, of our folks on our leadership team had spent a little bit of time together in this book, A Discipleship Journey. And here's the beauty of the book. Man, it just gets us in God's word. It gets us in his word. It gets us in his presence. And it was just doing a lot in our hearts as leaders. And we just felt like a few of us, like individually, were feeling like, man, it'd be good for our church to go through this. And so in January of this year, we launched into this book. And so um, we're, we're at the very end of chapter one already, yeah. lesson four. So I'll get out of the way and just let you lead and share what Thanks. the Lord has laid in your heart. But thank you for loving our body yeah. over the years. Thanks for being here this yeah. morning. Cheryl, we love you. We're glad you're here with us this morning. So yeah. can we make Dave feel welcome today? Thanks. Thanks, you guys. It's, it's fun to be with you. And um, it's always a good day when I get to uh, worship with Jonathan. I've teased Jonathan over the years, actually, as we've transitioned from him finishing worship and me coming up that, like, dude, you just need to be in my bedroom, like, at 5 a.m. So when I wake up. You could just kind of be, help me be in God's presence, right? So I'm really glad you're here. Yeah. And Jake and Amy, you guys know this, but you have some real gems here who are giving leadership, people who walk well before the Lord in humility and trying to follow Jesus with all their hearts and walking in the word. And so you're, you're not only in good hands, but I'm excited about what God's doing with you guys. So it really is a privilege for us to be able to come and be with you. So... So let me say just, just a couple things, then I want to jump into this piece on enjoying God. This, this enjoying God um, section is brand new to Discipleship Journey. So this edition that you have just came out about a month ago, maybe, maybe six weeks ago, I think they were available. And um, this was one of the things that over the last five, six years, the Lord's added to my journey that I wanted to add to this. So... Um, so I'm glad I get to have a chance to share on this. Hey, as you're going through Discipleship Journey, we just got done doing um, a, a four-week training on Tuesday nights with about 40 people around the country on how to use the tool. And here's, here's where I want to encourage you not to get stuck. I, I want to jump on exactly what Jake said. You're going to be in the Word a ton as you're in this. And, and remember, the Word is the thing. This is just a companion to help you be in the Word, okay? But make sure you don't just allow this to become a Bible study. Otherwise, you'll miss the point, okay? We have people sometimes that will call us and they'll say, you know, I'm not seeing the transformation like I, I thought I, and they've been using it a couple months. I said, well, how are you using it? So, said, well, like all our Bible studies, which means we dig in deep and we discuss, but we never get to application, okay? And that's the key to this. So I told the guy, I said, have you ever tried to play basketball with a football? Because when I used to coach high school football, we were in a rain delay, and they put us in a gym that looked almost like this. And, you know, the guys had their cleats off, but they were all pets. So we just, hey, let's play basketball. And so we tried to play basketball with a football. It's great for passing, but horrible for dribbling and shooting. All right? And, um, and I, I told the guy, I said, you're trying, it's like you're trying to play basketball with a football if you're using this just to make it a Bible study. 
because it was not created. That was created for you to be in the word. But here's the thing. It's for the word to get into you. Okay? So two of the questions we ask after every lesson, which you see in there, is what did the Holy Spirit reveal to you? Like what, what stood out to you? And how are you going to apply this in your life? So I just want to encourage you, keep applying. Because here's what happens. If you apply just one thing a week from that week, and you apply it in your life, and you do that for 48 weeks, there's a transformed life. All right? So that's all. Just pay attention because you got all the content. But what's God speaking to you about? Okay, what's he highlighting to you? All right? So several years ago, um, when I was uh, playing with our grandkids, and um, I'm going to show you some pictures here in a minute. But when we were playing with our grandkids, um, one of the things that I used to do with our kids that was always fun for them is I would do my Donald Duck sneeze. And so I would do this sneeze. And, the, you know, my kids would always, so my grandkids, of course, they, one day I was doing it with them and they were laughing. And when they left, Cheryl came to me and she said something to me that uh, paused me to stop. She said, do you know how much they just enjoy you? And I stopped because I immediately shifted to this. And I thought, do I take the time to enjoy God? I know we love him. We worship him. We obey him. We serve him. But do you ever just pause to enjoy him? Who he is. What, what he does. And it, it, it got me down a path of, of just thinking about my own relationship with Jesus. This is about five years ago. And I was just having a freshening up. And this is year 50 for me of following Jesus. And so it, I like when fresh pieces and fresh, fresh angles from the word come to me and I can, can look at it. And so this was a new place. Now, I grew up in the Lutheran church. And growing up in the Lutheran church, you know, you go through this thing called catechism. You know, where the chief end of man, does anybody know this, is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So this was seated in me as a young guy. And I, I'm not saying that I haven't enjoyed God before, but this was like a new emphasis for me. It's like, okay, God, just as I enjoy my grandkids, they enjoy me. You want me to enjoy you. How do I do that? What does that look like? So let me start with this. First, how do you tend to relate to God? You'll see some of this up here. You can follow with me. But how do you tend to relate to God? So here's some ways I've watched people relate to God over the years. And it's not a complete list, but is he the orchestra conductor? You know, stay with a beat or you'll see his scowl. You know, I used to play trombone in the band, in the jazz band. And if you kind of got off, you'd get the old, you know, <laughs> you know, you'd get the look. All right. Is he the coach? He's never quite satisfied. He's always pushing you for more. Is that what your walk with God is? Is he the insurance agent? You just draw on God only in times of need. It's like he's your backpack buddy and you pull him out of the backpack when you need him, but then you stuff him in until you need him again, right? How about the absent dad? He's just too busy, not interested, or unavailable. Maybe he's Santa Claus. He's there to simply grant you every wish. Maybe he's the circus ringmaster. You know, you must keep performing so you stay on his good side. Or maybe is he the employer? You like it because of the benefits, going to heaven. But there's really no relationship day in and day out. Or is he the love of your life, the one you want to be with, share life with? So let me ask you this question, and, and I'll invite your response here. What do you really enjoy? Okay, so don't get spiritual. Like, I love being in the world. Okay, we're going to assume we all 
do that. What are just things in life you enjoy? So wave at me and shout at me a couple things. What do you enjoy? Food. I think we'd all confirm that, yeah? Oh. Is that not always the will of God? Sunshine and sandy beaches? Okay, what else? What are the things you just enjoy? Mountaintops. Do you do that once in a while and climb up there? Oh, wow, nice. What else that you just enjoy? Gun ranges. That's only a Tennessee answer. <laughs> when I speak in this in parts of the country, I never get that answer. But in Tennessee, I do. <laughs> what else? What other things you just enjoy? Yeah, being with friends and laughter. Yeah. Give me a couple more. What do you enjoy? Does anybody enjoy a UT win? Yeah, I do too. What's that? Ah, fly fishing. Yeah, and I heard that comment. Yeah. Okay, so, so various things that we enjoy. Let me show you something here. So the word enjoy means these two things, delightfully satisfying and hitting the mark. It's like it hits this sweet spot inside of where it's yes. All right, so, so let me show you something Cheryl and I enjoy. So put this next slide up. So these are the picture of our grandkids. So we have four of them. So this one up in the top corner here, Nolan, this just happened at our church two Sundays ago. So that they were giving out Bible buddies. And we had this, this stand with different stuffed animals. And so Nolan wanted a shark. So you look at the delight as he's getting a shark. And this is Alana, who's one. So Nolan is three, just about to turn four in a month. And this is Alana, and Alana is one and a half, and this is Alana last Saturday at Monster Trucks. So Nolan loves Monster Trucks, so we're all at the Monster Truck Rally, so she's got her headsets on watching the Monster Trucks. She called uh, Nana's phone this morning at 610. Yeah, Alana, and, and Cheryl was sleeping, had her, she sleeps with the earplugs in, and so I got up and I went, hello. And then I heard fiddle, fiddle, fiddle. And then I heard, heard Alana's voice. All right. So you see kind of the grandkids with us in the middle here. And so this is, this is Baylor. And Baylor is our little, well, we used to call her sweet and spicy. But she's not as spicy anymore. She's just kind of sweet. And uh, Baylor's four and a half. And so this is our daughter's and, and her husband's kids. And this is our son and his wife's kids. And so here's Baron. Baron's our oldest. He's seven. This is with, um, we took Baron on his seventh birthday, October 1st, up to Minnesota, where my roots are, and took him to his first Vikings game. And so he's pointing to the brick that says, let's go Vikes, David, Ryan, and Baron Buring in front of the stadium. So when they built the stadium, we put the brick there, and I'd been waiting for seven years to take him and let him go see his name. So there's Baron. And this is Baron's, one of his favorite places is in our attic. He likes to bring a bag of chips up in the attic, and we talk, all right? So, so th these are our delights. When we leave you guys today, we're heading over to Ryan's house, and they'll all be there. So we'll have a chance to spend some time with them. But they are delightfully satisfying to us. They hit the mark. We enjoy them. They enjoy us. Again, I want you to think about where does God fit in this, in your walk with him? Are you enjoying God? Is your relationship with God delightfully satisfying? Does it hit the mark of inner joy and satisfaction beyond anything else in your life? 
Just think about it. And if you're sitting here today and going, it doesn't, that's okay. That's okay. It's being able to be at a place to say, God, I invite you to draw me there. Where it's not just about knowledge, and it's not just about church, and it's not just about doing what I think God wants me to do, but it's actually having relationships. So what do the scriptures say about this? I want to give you a couple things from the scriptures, and then I want to submit to you four or five different ways that you can practice enjoying God, okay? So here's what it says. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, like, we like that back end, don't we? And he'll give you the desires of your heart. But when you delight yourself in the Lord, it's kind of like a relationship, like with Cheryl and I, as we got married, there were things that would begin to blend, And when you delight yourself in the Lord, you get more of his heart. And not only does he give you the desires of your heart, but your heart becomes more like his heart. So your desires become more like his desires as well. So not only does he meet some of those desires of your heart, but your heart becomes more like his. Okay? And notice the Hebrew for this word. It means to to take exquisite delight in. Exquisite delight. How about this one? David says in Psalm 43, God, my exceeding joy. And here in the Hebrew, it means gladness, glee, and pleasure. Like a jumping up and down pleasure. Like Nolan, we have a a video of little Nolan last Saturday walking into Bridgestone Arena. He's he's kind of in the tunnel, and his daddy's got his hand. They paid extra to go into the pit. And so we're watching. Malia sent me the video, and here's Nolan. And he walks into Bridgestone where here's all the dirt, and there's Max D, you know, monster truck called Max. And, and this is his response. He's like you. <laughs> he's just, he, he just that, you can tell when Nolan's, because he's Mr. Pogo man. And he gets excited. All right, he's taking exquisite glee in this thing. How about this one? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And literally this can mean God's joy strengthens us, but it can also mean your enjoyment of God It's your strength. It's your strength. See, God wants to impart that strength. And how about this one? This is one that I learned as an 18-year-old. Zephaniah 3.17 was in a song that we used to sing. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. It doesn't stop there. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. And notice that that word exalt means rejoice, exalt, and spin around. That kind of reflects dancing, doesn't it? Like, like the only thing we ever hear people sing over us is, happy birthday to you. That's about it. But do you understand God sings over you? Like, like this is one of those things we just got to go, okay, I got to catch this. He is so delighted over me that he sings over me like, when you wake up in the morning, do you really goes, oh, good. Oh, Jake's up. Like, guys, he loves you that much. He cares that deeply about you. And he wants us to get a taste of that. Okay? Let me show you some different ways that I've been discovering on how we can get to know God more and enjoy him. So the first one is enjoy God's character in Scripture. Like one of the things that I've noticed is we often, and so hear me, hear me through what I'm saying here, is we often stop at the word and say, okay, this is what the word says. And we don't press in far enough to see the God, the character of God in the word. One of the ways that I've done this in my life is, I, and I'm using my iPad Bible today, but is 
In my Bible, I've taken a purple pencil, I've highlighted every name, title, an attribute of God's character. So when I open my Bible, his character always just, it screams at me. And see, he gave us, so think about it this way. I think he gave us the word of God first to reveal himself. That's why he gave. So, so, so can you imagine how God must feel about the misconceptions about himself? Like, you've ever considered, like, just how, would, how do you think God feels when he's misrepresented? Like, like, somebody introduced me one time, and they got my name wrong. Instead of Dave Buring, they said, we have a really good speaker with us today. Let's welcome Dave Boring. It's like, <laughs> it's like, thank you so much for that, you know? And you feel misrepresented as you come up, and now you have to prove that you're not boring. And, and none of us likes to be misrepresented. Num nobody likes it when, well, they said this, and you actually didn't say that. Or your character is this way when it's really not. Think of how God must feel. Like, we're the ones that are supposed to be his reflections on the planet, right? So do we reflect him well? Like, do you think about that in life, that as you go to your job, as you're out in the community, that how you respond to people, what your attitudes are like, how you talk, your actions, that you're actually reflecting Jesus. Like, we are his ambassadors on the planet. It's like, when you see one of mine that calls themselves mine, that's a little bit of what I look like. Perfectly, of course not. But is that something we even consider? Am I reflecting God's heart? Am I reflecting his ways in this situation? All right? So let me show you a couple things. Look at what Jeremiah 9 says. You guys saw this as you were in ADJ. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord. And then he reveals parts of his character, who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. So he wants us to know his character, what he's like. So that when you're in various situations in life, Cheryl and I have had to do this over the years, when something has happened and we have to stop and just go, okay, time out. The emotions are going like this. The brain is, is, is time out. All right, God, we're just going to get it together here a minute. And remember, you're just and you're kind in all your ways and doings, according to Psalm 145. It says your mercies are new every morning. Today's a new morning. So we're trusting on your new mercies for this moment. See, it's, it steadies you. So it allows you to not get all out there, but to be able to go, okay, I'm standing on the rock. I'm standing on my fortress. He is my deliverer, the one I can trust. But if we don't know God's character, then in those moments we don't call out to those things. And we don't stand on those things. Okay? So check, check this out. This is portions of Revelation chapter 4 and 5. And I just kind of lumped them together just to give you a feel. This, like, here's what I mean. Enjoying God's character in Scripture. So when you're in the Scriptures... When you're done with your reading for the day, or, or like, for example, when you're reading stuff in Discipleship Journey, pause to say, okay, what, is, what am I learning here about God's character? So, so look at all these things that are in Revelation 4 and 5. He's holy, holy, holy. He's the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, who is to come. He's worthy. I mean, I'm not going to go through all of them, but you can see them here. If you just take any one of these and pause and go, okay, what can I see here about God's character? 
The scripture is loaded with it. And oftentimes we read right by it and forget to say, okay, this is going to help me get to know what God's like. Here's some of the attributes of God's character that are there. All right? So here's a, here's a free gift if you want it. So maybe, Jake, there's a way we can connect this so that people can know. But um, so we put out the end of last year, if you go on your app store and you type in Lionshare Leadership Group, that's the, kind of the official name of Lionshare, Lionshare Leadership Group. And there's an app in there that you can download. It's got a lion's head on it, so you know it's the right one. But there's a two-minute daily video devotional on the character of God that's there. So literally, if you go through the whole thing, 365 days, you will go through 101 attributes of God's character three to four days each, two minutes a day. And it, rem- it renews your mind about what God is really like. Because he wants you to see him for who he is. Because when you see God for who he is, you can't help but fall in love with him. You can't help but say, you are the greatest thing. I will sell all to follow you. Okay? But that's one of the things that we can get stuck in. So I just want to encourage you, begin to enjoy God in Scripture, what he's really like. Here's the second thing. Enjoying God in his creation. When I'm at Jake and Amy's house, I always like being able to look out their front door and seeing the mountains like it's a beautiful, you know, beautiful scene. Look at what the scripture says here, Romans 1. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. Genesis 1. And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. So the way that I like to look at this is this way. So when Malia was preparing to have Nolan... Cheryl had been at their house and saw the nursery that they began to set up. And his name is Nolan because of Nolan Ryan. So we grew up uh, on Nolan Lane, and Eric, Malia's husband's favorite baseball player, was Nolan Ryan. So when, when, we went to, when I went to see the nursery, this is a couple weeks before Nolan was born, they had it all done, and they had baseball themes on the wall, and they had all different kinds of things. And Malia said, look at this, Dad. And it was, you know, and I didn't know they had such a thing, where the, um, the wipes were warmed. And I'm going like, I need to get one of these for me, right? It's like, wow, I had no idea. And so all the fussing, the painting, the fixing, we, we bought the crib. So we, we bought the cribs for the grandkids. And so there's the crib and there's these different things. The fussing, and here's what the Lord was showing me. Do you understand? I fussed that way and more when I made creation because it's your nursery. Like, just, and, and you guys, I can walk by the sunset and I can walk by the mountains and I can not pause at the ocean and, and we got to realize he fussed way more than Malia did for Nolan for us in his creation. So check, check this out. For example, the beauty, purpose, and produce of the land. Like, is it not amazing that you take a little seed and you stick it in the ground and you kind of cover it and whoop, Wow. How about animals? Like if you just do the zoo day through the, ends, through the lens of God created all these, it's an amazing experience. The ebbs and flows of waves, rivers, and the wonder of waterfalls, the incredible world of sea life. When Cheryl and I, Cheryl and I met, got married in Hawaii, we had lived there for seven years, so we enjoyed going back. Not just for the, you know, the hula and the ocean and the beauty, but also the people. We love the people and ministered to the people for years. But when we go back to Hawaii, it's fun to do some snorkeling. We didn't get to do it this last time, but to see under the sea. 
and the creation that's there. But then there's also the incredible, uh, excuse me, the creation we see above us, hills, mountains, birds of the air, uh, the, the magnificent rising and setting of the sun. When we go to Hawaii, your body clock is about four to five hours behind. So it doesn't matter when you get there, you're going to wake up about 4 a.m., 5 a.m. And so what we will like to do is get up and just go watch the sunrise. And if we happen to be on Oahu and you see the sunrise, it comes up behind Diamond Head. And it's pitch black, and then all of a sudden you just see this little bit of light. And you see it getting lighter, and then all of a sudden behind Diamond Head starting to glow. And, it, you know, and it, then it rises and goes, kind of sets its place in that majestic place over the Pacific Ocean. But do we ever just stop to realize God created that for us? In Hawaii, even the locals at times will pause just to watch the, watch the sunset. So when we're in the, on the big island in Kona, it's a beautiful view of the sunset. All there is, is is the Pacific Ocean, and you watch the sunset. And what happens is it, as it goes down, and it gets to about here, they call it the green flash. And it's not like... But what happens is it's almost like the yellow meets the blue and this part of the sun turns green. And then it sets. And so you can't see it when it's cloudy. So if you get a really nice day, it's like, wow. But, but people pause. So let me ask you a question. Have you paused to do this with God? I see you behind that sunset. I realize you did all of that for me, for us, and connect those dots? Or is it just, yeah, that was nice, and we, you know, what are we having for dinner? But it's learning to enjoy God in the nursery that he's created for us. So food for thought. Here's the third way. Enjoying God at work in others. Enjoying God at work in others. Philippians 2 tells us, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So here's some things I want you to think about. Like, do you actually, again, connect the dots related to God working on someone else's behalf? Like, when was the latest you saw God intervene in someone's life? Something difficult going on, a challenging thing, and shh, God comes rocketing in through a person, a situation, a circumstance, and, and you connect the dots, and you go, God, I see you. I see your hand in this. See, God, God wants us to see him and enjoy, wow, God, I see what you're doing. How about this one? Coming alongside those hurting, in need, or grieving. People being blessed beyond their imaginations. Like just watching, you know, Nolan doing his jumping up and down pogo thing because, right, like as a kid, I collected baseball cards. Could tell you about every player on every team. Nolan does that with monster trucks. He's got like 40 to 50 of them. And what's, that's Queen Bee. What's that one? Crustacean. What's that one? That's Max D. That's his favorite. And he knows he's so, so here he is. And so I was able to just sit back. And I told Cheryl, we were in Panera's as Malia sent me the video. We were heading down to Bridgestone last Saturday. And we had a bite. And I started tearing up. And I started tearing up because I remembered as a kid feeling that same way when I went to ball games and got to see my heroes play but I didn't express it like Pogo Man, okay? But just to pause and realize, okay, God, I see you blessing a little boy. Blessing a little boy. Do we pause and recognize God's work? Using ordinary people in absolutely extraordinary ways. It's one of my favorite things when I see, 
You know, a person using their gifts, and this ties to the last one too, using their gifts and blessing other people, regardless of what it is. Regardless of what your gift, like Robbie came to me Sunday, I was serving communion, he came up and I hadn't seen him for a while. I love Robbie just for who he is, but you know, I also love what he does. He's, he's our mechanic. Like, you guys, I, I don't know how to fix cars. It's not a strong suit of mine. We had a friend by the name of Andrea come over to the house several years ago and, and uh, I don't know what she was there for, but she hugged us, she left, I thought, and then there was a knock on the door about a minute later. She said, hey, my car won't start. Will you come look at it? So I go out there. I, I knew where I could pop the hood, and I'm doing this. And Andrea looks at me. She says, you don't know what you're looking for. You didn't tell me to fix it. You said, could I come look at it? So we had, we had a good laugh, and then I called somebody to help her, you know. But, but we have to realize, it's so, so Robbie has this ability to take stuff out, fix it, get the right, you know. Do we take the time to recognize what God's done in a person's life to get him to the point that they can do that kind of stuff. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. And recognize God behind it. It's important. Okay? How about this one, this fourth one? Enjoy connecting the dots in your own life. I just want to encourage us to get beyond this phrase. I feel so lucky. I'm so fortunate. No. God acted on your behalf. But let's not rob him of that opportunity of glory. But just let's acknowledge God did this for me because he loved me. Ephesians 2, for we are his workmanship. It means poem in the Greek. Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Romans 8, 28, some of you know this, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So let me give you just some thoughts here on this one, some ways to look at this. So look to connect the dots when God is working on your behalf. So how about this one? How God brought you to himself. To himself. Like, how did God do that? How, here you are as lost as a goose in a snowstorm. How did he bring you to himself? When was the last time you just thought about that? I said, God, thank you for the, because you know what was behind that? People were praying. Somebody prayed. God, God does stuff. Like, I, I think of the story of, of Billy Graham and how, you know, this, this preacher guy that nobody knows his name came into town, and as he preached the gospel that night, Billy couldn't help but go forward, and because of that, the world's been impacted. And that guy, on the day that Jesus passes out stuff, so to speak, it's going to be fun to watch. The fruit of that man's ministry. See? Have we, have we connected those dots? Who was it that prayed for you? Who was it that led you to Jesus? Who's helped free you? Who's growing you in the faith? How about this one? Times where he has rescued you from a situation or yourself. Where he's rescued you. He, there was divine intervention. Like I, I remember... Um, I was probably, I was living in Phoenix, Arizona, so I had to be about seven or eight. And I remember the time I, I had my new bike and I was riding it out of the driveway. And as soon as I, you know, got off the driveway, I heard, because, you know, I didn't look. You know? It's like, how has God spared you in a lot of categories of your life? And have you just stopped to say, I see you? I want you to know I see you in this. Okay? Moments when he just blessed you with the desire of your heart. Unexpected, you weren't planning for it, but there it was. 
How about sowing you into relationships and strategic places where God has sown you in and you've been so blessed, so encouraged? Have you take the time to say, God, I want, I want you to know I see you worked on my behalf. Like, I, I just get tired of when I hear somebody say, you know, I, I've desired to have a, let's just say, a dark green Honda Accord, and I love that car, and I, I wish I could have one, and it just happened to be when you showed up to exchange your car that they said, well, yeah, just this morning. Somebody exchanged, that's the car. Like, and then we just said, I was so lucky to, no, you weren't. Do you understand a father in heaven who loves and adores you, adores you orchestrated things so that that was the day you showed up and they got there before you did? Like, come on. I think if you can learn and if I can learn just to pause and go, okay, God, I see you. I see you moving on my behalf. It causes us to love him even more, okay? So are you recognizing and enjoying his character behind his hand? Or do you just see his hand, but you don't stop to say, okay, what was his heart for me in this? It's important. He wants to reveal himself. Let me give you one more. Enjoying living fully in the moment. Okay, we, we live in a world um, that, it, that can be very stretching, especially these last couple of years. But let me show you something here about Jesus. So take a, a look at this passage. It's out of Luke 8. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, and though she had spent all her living, notice what it's saying there, all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Look at who's saying it here, Peter. Master, for Pete's sake, the crowds are, are surround you and pressing in on you. And Jesus said, no, someone touched me, for I perceived that power had gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. Notice what Jesus says. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Jesus was present in that. He could have let it pass because he knew something went, somebody got something. But instead, he called time out in the midst of a crowd because he wanted to look this woman in the eyes, affirm her faith, call her daughter. Fully present. We live in a world of tremendous distraction. Shiny things over here, loud noises over there, all kinds of things. Our lives can subtly default to being more about pursuit than presence. God's presence, our being present. Counter the world's tendency of what's next and what's new by living fully in the moment God has given you. It allows you to engage God, enjoy his character, and see what he's up to around you. Like how, how distracted do you allow yourself to be? Is it, is it such that you don't see the need in front of you? Is it that you don't have time to connect the dots and realize all that God did to set up that situation for you? I just want to encourage you, don't allow things like our phones, and I love all the new technology stuff, but our phones, our technology is there to serve us, not for us to be enslaved to it. So, so use it so it serves you but don't become enslaved to it. 
I sometimes will purposely leave my sounds on. I just, I just have sounds for the phone and text. And Cheryl and I have a code that if something's wrong, phone rings three times, she hangs up, she calls right back. So I always know if it's an emergency. But I will sometimes purposely leave my text sounds on in a meeting when I know I'm with somebody that needs to be shaped in this because it drives them nuts. Because I'm just like this. Yeah, okay. And, you know, things going off. Mine's a Minnesota Viking horn. That's it. That's my text sound. And so it goes, and people are, and, but they get all nervous, like, don't you, don't you need to get that? It's like, no, I'm good. And then later I'll say, look, in this last hour, it's maybe gone off four or five times. Can I just encourage you, whoever's in front of you is more important than this distraction here. It doesn't, because you know you can keep this at your finger. You can, I can find it as soon as I'm done and you leave, I will take the moment before the next meeting just to make sure there's anything I don't need to respond to now. But guys, don't allow technology to guide your life. Be fully present with people, okay? So if you look at that last slide, you just kind of see a summary of these. So let me just ask you this in closing. Which one of these would you say, I do pretty good? You know, I find I, find I actually do pretty good in this, and I, I recognize God and his, his character behind it. And which one of these could you say, this week, this week, I'm going to begin to be more intentional? Is it maybe the peace with creation? Is it saying, no, you know, I've never really looked at God's character like that in my Bible. Is it paying more attention to connecting the dots in your own life and what God's done? And instead of being lucky and fortunate, you're realizing, wow, he's worked on my behalf. You know, which one of these? So, so let's just pray over that a minute, all right? So Lord, thank you that you invite us into relationship. It's not just a formal religiosity you want us to walk in. You want us to walk reflecting you. You want us to walk getting to know these attributes of you even more. And Lord, somehow when I've watched this over the years of my life, the more that people behold you, the more they become like you. So Lord, let us become beholders where we will spend more time looking at who you are and somehow you just do this thing where you impart more of that into our lives. Lord, we live in a world right now where people desperately need to see what Jesus is really like and your intention is that's us in our attitudes, our motivations, our actions, our words. You desire, Lord, to let us be your ambassadors. So, Lord, would you just continue to affirm those places in our lives where the things we've talked about, we're already there. Would you grow those? But, Lord, those places that maybe this morning we're realizing, I, I don't do that. Maybe, maybe you're the one that just says, yeah, man, I was so lucky today, and, and you never really stop to think about how much your heavenly father went into action on your behalf to pull that off just for you. So Lord, wherever those connecting points are this week, wherever we can grow to start recognizing you so that we can simply enjoy who you are, what you've done on our behalf out of your goodness and your grace, would you do that this week in our lives? Lord, I ask you, for this in the name of Jesus. Amen.